this is WTM Watch This Movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Are you the gatekeeper? <laughs> the key master. Are you the gatekeeper? Uh, joining me once again is Mr. Positivity. Call me Lone Wolf. I think very highly of myself. And I've also earned it. After watching today's movie, I kind of want to switch my clip to I am the key master. (laughs) Are you the gatekeeper? (laughs) That's one of my favorite lines from here. Because we're talking about Ghostbusters. That we are. From 1984. Yeah. I just, I didn't realize there was five years between Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure why. I don't know. (laughs) They really wanted to iron out that script. (laughs) <laughs> really tighten it up they probably like <laughs> let's do something real original how should we end it i know we'll have we'll have the the ghost possess something and it'll be really big and then they'll they'll be on top of a building or something and and then they'll fight it they'll bust it <laughs> yeah, bust it that's <laughs> what they do they bust ghosts they almost couldn't get that title. See that in the fun facts? No, I didn't I didn't get a chance to look yet. Some sort of a children's show in the 70s. Well, in the movie they have zero explanation for how they came up for the with the name. They uh they just have it. No no need to explain that. Self-explanatory. No brainstorming sessions necessary. So several titles were considered for the film since Ghostbusters was legally restricted by the 1970s children's show, The Ghostbusters, owned by Universal. Mm. Some options included Ghost Stoppers, Ghost Breakers, and Ghost Smashers. <laughs> the, see, now, 84, The Ghost Breakers, sounds like uh, like it's a albino breakdancing crew. <laughs> So they were able to get the name because uh, Columbia Pictures executive Frank Price, uh, he left Columbia and then became head of Universal. And they allowed Columbia to have the title. That sounds like some insider baseball. So Columbia paid 500000 plus 1% of the film's profits for its use, though, because of their uh, accounting practices. Mm-hmm. The film technically never made a profit for Universal to be owed a payment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Even though it made uh, almost $300 million. Shady. Yeah, budget was between 25 and 30 and it made $295.7 million. That's a lot of money. That's more than the 2016 Ghostbusters made. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> That's 32. Well, let's see uh, what they made exactly here. Actually, I can. There's only one explanation. <laughs> Sexism. Mm-hmm. That's the reason. Plain and simple. It made $229.1 million off of a $144 million budget, which, of course, does not count uh, marketing and 
Oh, putting out uh, that trailer on uh, on the internet and then uh, <laughs> saying, "Oops, never mind." We'll, <laughs> we'll get back to you. <laughs> so yeah, kind of more or less broke even. I'm sure they made some made all their money back and then some after home video release and some of the toys and all that. But they had toys for the new Ghostbusters. Well, they were going to have this new expanded universe with the new Ghostbusters. I see. They were planning all this different content that was going to go along with it. So it's that and the mummy and the invisible man. Yeah. That type of a thing. Except that what? No, I mean that. It wasn't going to be in the universal monster (laughs) extended universe. But I don't think the invisible man is either. That's Bloomhouse, (laughs) who you may know as the producer of Get Out (laughs) and Halloween. Uh, That they are. God, what did I see that they were going to remake next? Well, they got Fantasy Island and yep. The Invisible Band coming out next month. Uh, oh, I what else? I did see something. The Thing. They're going to remake The That's Thing. That's right. Off of... Uh, off the long-lost original novel. Yeah. Whatever that is. Either that or it has like an original ending or something or other. I don't know. I forget. They said there was a novel of it that was the original story and that it was lost and now it's found and they're going to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing it just kind of ends differently. <laughs> I don't know. But they'll change a lot. I'm sure the 1950s version is pretty sweet. Yeah. That's a pretty sweet ending. It's lit. <laughs> is it lit half? It is nice in more ways than one. Mm. Literally and figuratively. All right, well, let's get into the details here. Uh, this was uh, your pick. I should say one of your two picks for movies from our youth. Yeah. 1984. What are your memories of watching this as a, a young Brett? I, remember, I I probably watched it a few times as a kid. Uh, definitely uh, this one and the sequel. I almost think I saw the sequel more times, though. I have better memories of the sequel. Did you watch the uh, animated show a lot? Definitely watched the animated show a lot. Mm-hmm. It was Me too. Uh, it was one of those things. Uh, that one and the the Beetlejuice. Yep. And the, had the MC Hammer one. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Saturday morning cartoon, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, definitely watched the cartoon. Seen the movie a few times. It's probably it's been a really long time since I've seen it. Uh, seen Ghostbusters. Or Ghostbusters too, so it was uh, it was kind of a fresh experience having not seen it since I was I don't know mm-hmm. maybe probably been twenty years or more since I had seen it. I think I've watched Ghostbusters and one into once in the past fifteen years or so, yeah. and it was probably about six years ago. I think when I got this Blu-ray, right. 30th anniversary with one and two. I think that's the last time I watched them both. I need to rewatch the second one. I got the, I just got them on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Probably not the fancy one that you got, but uh, yeah. Need to watch them again. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right. Directed by Ivan Reitman. Written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis. And there's an uncredited Rick Moranis writing credit here. Uh, I would guess he probably wrote all his own dialogue, Rick Moranis. Could be. Uh, Fun fact, 
uh, Lewis, the part of Lewis was originally supposed to go to John Candy and he kind of read the script and he's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this character. Right. And I don't get it. And then uh, they got Rick Moranis involved. He's like, oh, yeah, I know this. I know what I want to do. <laughs> and Rick Moranis is probably my favorite character. Yeah. Uh, Lewis. Probably the funniest character in the movie. Just, uh, you know, New York yuppie who really isn't. He's, uh, he's a nerdy guy who gets, he thinks he's got a inflated sense of self-esteem and self-importance. Mm-hmm. He doesn't realize that he's a nerd. <laughs> Starring Bill Murray as Dr. Peter Venkman, Dan Aykroyd as Dr. Raymond Stance, Sigourney Weaver as Dana Barrett, Harold Ramis as Dr. Egon Spengler, Rick Moranis as Louis Tully, Annie Potts as Janine Melnitz, William Atherton as Walter Peck, you recall from our Die Hard episode. <laughs> <laughs> there's spoilers there's two actors from Die Hard in here <laughs> uh, Ernie Hudson is Winston Zeddemore surprisingly Ernie Hudson only smokes like three or four cigarettes in this movie <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> he's only in three or four scenes so <laughs> David Margulies is the mayor um, Alice Drummond as librarian you know her as uh, Ray Finkel's mom from Ace Ventura <laughs> Dan Marino should die of gonorrhea and rot in hell. Was that was that uh, Philip Drummond's uh, mom <laughs> from Different Strokes? Yeah, I didn't watch Different Strokes. <laughs> it's a funny joke <laughs> for you Different Strokes fans out there. Was Larry King as Larry King, Casey Kasem, his voice is in there. Mm-hmm. Reginald Vell Johnson as the jail guard. <laughs> proving once again he can only play a cop <laughs> or a correctional officer of some kind law enforcement <laughs> is his passion i think there was one show uh where he played a judge i can't remember what it was but it was years after family matters and it was like a joke okay Let's see if i recognize anyone else i i didn't catch him but i heard there was a uh a pretty famous uh, extra in one of the crowd scenes. <laughs> Ron Jeremy? I just see that now. <laughs> Man behind barricade. I'd seen the clip a bunch of times, but I, I, I didn't catch him when I was watching it this time. Ivan Reitman uh, is uncredited as the voice of Zool and Slimer. <laughs> Bill Walton, apparently, in here. <laughs> uncredited. Uh, what What would he have been? It doesn't say. Maybe he was in the crowd or something. It says as a Bill Walton as Bill Walton, uncredited. So I don't know if it was a cut scene or what, but he would have been on the Celtics at the time, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think so. Eighty four, Big Red. <laughs> Synopsis: Three former parapsychology professors set up shop as a unique ghost removal service. Short and sweet. That actually makes the movie sound pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, if I read that synopsis and didn't, didn't know anything else about this movie, I'd be like, pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember watching this movie a lot as a kid. Uh, headed on VHS, I believe. 
can't remember if we got it off a of TV or we just had the VHS. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely wore this out a little bit. I think I saw this one more than the second one. Although, I think the second one we had recorded off a of TV. Yeah, I know we'd go we'd go rent movies and uh, you know we got this one a few times. We we kind of go get the Ghostbusters. Surprised though, I know there. it's PG, but there's some scary moments for a PG movie here in the. Yeah, in the Brett household. Yeah, I can't remember how old I would have been when I first saw it, but it definitely would have been—I don't know—probably, probably would have seen it by the time I was six or seven. But yeah, well, and uh, seeing as we were watching the cartoon, it's like, well, you got to watch the movie. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you got to see it. Although I think the characters in the cartoon were different. Your brother is older than you, right? Yeah. By how many years? Uh, two. Two. Okay. So you guys are usually watching the same stuff. You're close enough in age. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. So we open up at the uh, New York Public Library. Yeah. So exciting. Nothing says excitement like the New York Public Library. Mm-hmm. In the basement. Gotta say the special effects of the books and the the card catalog flying all over the place, pretty sweet. Yeah, Holds I mean up. the the books you can kind of see shaking a little bit, like on the wire they strung along on. Well, I but, mean uh, that's not not mm-hmm. anything to to scoff at. Yeah, no, it's still impressive, but I mean it's like scarier. Said, it's scarier when they shake. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> but yeah, all the index cards <laughs> flying out. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, I don't know how they did that, but it looks sweet. Because mm-hmm. there's so many of them going off at once. And... Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It looks seamless. Eat your heart out, paranormal activity. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters did it first. Playing catch up. Yeah, so you get that little uh, teaser of the ghosts are in town. Mm-hmm. Ray Finkel's mom is spooked. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how comfortable I am saying the word spook as many times as we might say it in this episode. Yeah. Well, I. Okay, so <laughs> during the montage scene with the Ghostbusters song, there's a bunch of newspaper titles flashing you know, at the screen. And one of them is uh, what the Ghostbusters catch the Chinatown spook. I'm like, <laughs> I know that's different slurs like for different types of people, but. It doesn't sound right when you say Chinatown spook. I think that Chinatown is like the only thing you could put in front of spook to make it acceptable. Oh, man. It couldn't be another area of New York you know. that precedes spook. Well, well, it was an invading presence. And they wanted it out. <laughs> So they called the Ghostbusters. <laughs> Usually the white guys dress up as ghosts to scare the spooks out. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> South Park. <laughs> T is for time to leave. <laughs> but a slow case, so it's not as uh, aggressive. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, at the uh, same time as the haunting at the public library, uh, Bill Murray is just hitting on some girls at his office. They're doing a, under the guise of an experiment. Yeah, they're doing a psychic testing where the uh, he holds up a card. It's got a 
a shape on one side and then the other side is you know like a playing card the back of a playing card and they have to guess what shape it is using their ESP and there's a male student and a female student and the male student is not doing too well they're trying to study the effects of negative reinforcement <laughs> by use of electric shock <laughs> anytime you get it wrong we're paying unless you, you're a an attractive young woman, then you don't get right. it wrong. Right. If you're an attractive young woman, uh, Bill Murray's going to ask you to <laughs> go to a, a late night study session with him. And, uh, or invite himself over to your apartment. <laughs> or <laughs> hit on you in a variety of ways. I was telling you earlier at work uh, that if, if the new Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife... Does not address Peter Vinkman's <laughs> problematic behavior <laughs> and doesn't have him wrapped up in some kind of me too, time's up type of deal. I would be surprised. Uh, would you cancel Afterlife <laughs> if they don't do that? Well, it depends on how they portray him. Maybe he's <laughs> dead. Is he dead in it? I don't know. He's not in the trailer. I know. I mean, we know he's signed on, him and Dan Aykroyd. I thought they were going to be in there, and they're not even in the trailer. I think Ernie Hudson as well. Uh, what's Ernie Hudson doing? I mean, he's got free Well, time. what's he doing in the first movie? <laughs> he's looking for work. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. when <laughs> halfway through the movie, just a very unnecessary character. Is he? The, well, I guess. What purpose guess. does he serve other than to check a box? In 84, though, like 84, they didn't have boxes to check. Mm, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> literally like, I mean, well, let's see. The other person of color in the film has one line, Reginald Vell Johnson. <laughs> I saw the police commissioner was black, but I don't remember him talking really. Maybe in the mayor's office? Maybe. Yeah, he was. He was in there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But they didn't care about diversity in 84. 84 so white. Hashtag. Hashtag 84 so white. I think Beverly Hills Cop came out that year. Maybe 85. I think it, I think it was 84. It could be earlier, too. Even might have been 82. And then again, he was from Detroit. Trading Places was 83. Yeah. So it must have been 82 for Beverly Hills Cop. God forbid he be a scientist, too. <laughs> He's just a dude off the street working for eleven five a year. <laughs> yeah, eleven five. <laughs> but yeah, he just—I don't see what purpose he serves. His character is somewhat of a of a skeptic, but it seems like, as he says, he'll—if you pay me, I'll believe anything <laughs> you say. Give me eleven to. five, I'll pay whatever the, <laughs> or I'll believe whatever the hell you want. So, like that skeptic angle gets thrown right out the window. And yeah. So then he's just a believer, I guess. Well, he. They needed him because he's a Christian, and he points out to Dan Aykroyd that uh, mm-hmm. this is a Revelations. Yeah. Because he's read the Bible. Yeah. Although so well, is Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, because he, he has the verse memorized. Cause, <laughs> uh, I forget what uh, verse he says, but uh, he's like, I'm you know always, that one? And Ern Hudson's like, no. I'm always amazed at these people that just rattle off Bible verses, just know the numbers and just have them memorized. I'm surprised you don't. Why? Is that the way you were brought up, is to memorize said Bible verses? I just said I'm amazed that people could do that. 
<laughs> yeah, I know, but I figured you would have been. I also like the people that can string them together out of order to make whatever <laughs> for, uh, statement they wanted to make. <laughs> they just take it out of different books. Yeah, totally out of context. <laughs> but that's not what will lead us to the temptations. <laughs> Because we are tired of their dancing. <laughs> we're, we're not here to di- uh, dissect religious uh, doctrine for this podcast. Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, Bill Murray is sexually uh, harassing a female student. And, uh, yeah, what, Ray and Egon come in? Or as a Ray comes in and he's like, we got to go to the library. Yeah. He's like, Egon's already down there. Yeah. What a name, Egon. Mm-hmm. What kind of name is that? Couldn't tell you. It's a nerdy name. That's what it is. That's his, that's his Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> his parents, uh, they, they, he was born and his parents says, that boy's name is Egon. Spangler. What's weirder? I think Spangler is Jewish. I don't think it's that weird. Well, I don't think I've ever heard the name outside of Ghostbusters. I've heard people named Spangler. No, you don't. I swear to God. (laughs) You know people. (laughs) Well, I'm sure there were people uh, in my school growing up named Spangler. Uh, I don't think... uh... There was a big Jewish population in your school or in your side of town. That doesn't mean there weren't any there. There's just a bunch of cake eaters over by you. <laughs> we had a pretty diverse school. All right. Well, yeah, they uh, hop to over to the library. They ask the librarian a couple of questions, such as if she's menstruating. <laughs> Peter Vankman gets real personal. <laughs> Family history, medical, you know, mental health history. He's he's honestly he doesn't give a shit. He's like this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't believe any of this. And and he's working on a grant, so uh, he he's just doing whatever the fuck he wants, trying to hit on young college girls. Mm-hmm. He is on no time for old lady librarians. Yep, he's the main skeptic. Sure is, but he uh, changes his tune in about two minutes. <laughs> They encounter some goo and then some... Uh, Ectoplasmic residue. Yeah. He's going to get a sample. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they see a full apparition. At least torso apparition. It's, got, it's kind of missing legs, but there's a dress. It could be it's underneath. It's got no legs. It's got no feet. Mm-hmm. She, she, gets, she gets real scary. Yeah. And they run out, out of there. Told you. Bad out of hell. Told you it was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So they get back to the university, find out that their grant has been taken away, and they're shit-canned. They're already moving their stuff out. They've been <laughs> away for like uh, an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All their stuff's getting moved out. <laughs> the young co-ed was supposed to come back there at 8 o'clock that night. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> we never got resolution to that. <laughs> well, he's probably got so many girls coming back to... to do his uh, his little experiments that uh, he probably forgot. He's like, oh, I'll get the next one. But, uh, yes, yeah, so now that they have confirmation of ghosts, they're like, we got to start a business. Bill Murray is inspired. And, uh, yeah, he's inspired to have Ray 
take out a uh, 19% mortgage on the house he inherited from his parents. Everyone these days has three mortgages. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even try to negotiate. 19%. (laughs) They say the interest alone over the first five years was like (laughs) $92,000. Which is probably true. Yeah. Because it's all, interest is always front-loaded. Like you first, I don't know how many payments are are like ninety nine percent. New York real estate during an economic boom of the eighties should have got a SEMA. <laughs> you should cut that. <laughs> uh, We're not the only people who deal with SEMAs. Doesn't really narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, but why would we know about SEMAs <laughs> unless we worked in the industry? <laughs> Yeah, but people don't work in the industry don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, we we get that. Uh, they go rent out an old uh, fire station, mm-hmm. which is a real piece of shit, but it's got a pole. Yep. A working fire pole. I'm going to go get my stuff. <laughs> it's like a child. <laughs> He's not even allowed to try and lowball the... Uh... Real estate agent because Dan Aykroyd comes in and blows blows their cover. Well, I, I know Dan Aykroyd's on the spectrum, but uh, <laughs> is his character? I mean, he really uh, he really goes all out with his love of this place in this scene. But uh, after that, we're introduced to uh, Dana Barrett. Mm-hmm. She got her groceries. Going to walk him up to her apartment. Yeah, we got a. That's our first clip. We meet Lewis and Dana. <laughs> And uh, at the end, there's a commercial for Ghostbusters. Yeah. They got that uh, out there real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dan, it's you. Oh, hi. Yes, Lewis, it's me. I thought it was a drugstore. Oh, are you sick? Oh, no, no, I'm fine. I feel great. Just ordered some more vitamins and stuff. I was just exercising. I taped 20-minute workout on my machine and played it back at high speed, so it only took 10 minutes. I got a great workout. Good. You want to come in for a mineral water? Oh, I'd really like to, um, Lewis, but I have to go to rehearsal now. Excuse me. No sweat. I'll take a rain check on that. I always have plenty of low-sodium mineral water and other nutritious foods in the house, but you already know that. Yeah, I know that. Listen, that reminds me. I'm having a big party for all my clients. My fourth anniversary as an accountant, you know, and even though you do your own tax return, which you shouldn't do, I'd like you to stop by, being that you're my neighbor and all. Well, thank you, Lewis. I'll really try to stop by. Listen, that reminds me. You shouldn't leave your TV on so loud when you go out. The creep down the hall phone the manager. Oh, that's strange. I didn't realize I left it on. Oh, yeah. You know what I did? I climbed on the ledge and tried to disconnect the cable, but I couldn't get in. So you know what I did? I turned up my TV real loud, too, so everyone would think that Bye, both Lewis. our TVs had something wrong with it. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. I'm going to have a shower. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you. Like I said, Lewis, my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> he locks himself out of his apartment every time he leaves. It just automatically locks, and he never has his key. <laughs> You'd think he'd figure it out. Like, don't go out in the hallway without your key. 
He's just <laughs> looking out that peephole twenty four seven, waiting for Dana to come Fucking by. Desperate for for human contact. <laughs> uh, I took the twenty minute workout. I put it on speed. Got it done in ten. I gotta wonder how he pulled that blonde over his party. I know it's all clients, but they seemed like almost like they were on a date. Yeah, so I'm leaving, Lewis. Like she's mad at him. I wouldn't be surprised if he was uh, paying her. <laughs> yeah, but that's not good. Uh, you know, sound financial investment. <laughs> he got a deal on her. Well, you don't know the you don't know the <laughs> rates. Maybe maybe you got a discount because uh, it's two just, for one. It's just like well, it's just a it's just a party. That's it. So uh, yeah, but if she she wouldn't. Uh, <clears throat> Stayed to dance. Maybe. If he's paying her, she's staying. She can't complain about shit. I don't know. Maybe she's a co-worker. I almost thought she was like a co-worker. Like, there's got to be some other circumstance that brought them together. <laughs> they, I, I don't think that they're actually, like, uh, more than acquaintances. Well, she didn't seem uh, too put off by him. But he's got a lot of low sodium mineral water in mm. his in his Other refrigerator. <laughs> Maybe she's like the vitamin but you already delivery knew. person. But you already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should so, we yeah. mention that Dana plays the cello cuz it only comes up like one other time. Yeah. And even then it's it's such a minor just why does it always seem like she's off to dance like dance rehearsal she's always come back in like these workout clothes but she's you know she she plays the cello that's what she does but it seems like she's a dancer by the way she always comes in with these the clothes that she wears well that was the style of the time wasn't it i guess but you didn't wear that shit to go play cello why? Maybe you don't. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't around in '84, so neither was I. I couldn't tell you. You should ask Steve. <laughs> I think Steve was doing other stuff in '84. Like what? Uh, no comment. What? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't old enough for that. If that's what you're thinking of. I said no comment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you... What, what do you think no comment means? <laughs> Usually, I think you always insinuate something that would be found in the gutter. I'm not insinuating anything. You're inferring. <laughs> oh, stop insinuating. <laughs> it. it was an insinuating infer. <laughs> I said no comment. No you're comment. insinuating that I should have inferred something by that. No comment means no comment. Yeah, just like <laughs> when we were talking about buggy nights and I asked you if you recognize Nina Hartley. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Means I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you call yourself a, a, a broadcaster. <laughs> I'm sorry, a podcaster. <laughs> Yes. That joke doesn't even work. Oh, speaking of which, uh, my brother Joel, shout out to Joel. He got me, <laughs> for Christmas, he got me a shirt that says, ask me about my podcast. 
<laughs> Too bad you can't wear that to work anymore. <laughs> I know. Crack. I was like, where, where the fuck am I going to wear this now? Cracked out on the dress code. Just <laughs> Ask me yeah. about my podcast. It's really go walk around Mall of America. It's really screwed up our our marketing by having a, <laughs> a stricter dress code at work. And all those people can't see all your lovely shirts. <laughs> Which you can get at teespring.com. Slash stores. Slash stores slash WTM watch this movie. And uh, yeah, that's where you get that. We don't have any deals right now. I don't have a promo code. But there's new designs, so check those out. It's the movie challenge design is the newest one. It's pretty sweet. There's one a, where I look really tired. There's, there's, a car- there's a cartoon of Eric's face and a cartoon of a wolf. <laughs> a positive wolf. He's <laughs> kind of smiling. He's giving a thumbs up, isn't he? Not in that one. Oh. <laughs> it's just the face. I just did the face. I think the I took the one with the thumbs up off the uh, the site. But if anybody wants it, I can put it back up. Or you could just get the one that says Mister Positivity. That's a cool one. There you go. Well, back to the movie here. Yeah, this is right where uh, Dana drops off her groceries, and the eggs begin to leap out of their shells and start frying on the counter. Yeah. And she opens up the fridge, and there's it's like a portal to hell. <laughs> yeah. A couple of beasts in there, and what yeah, one of them says Zool. And uh, so she goes down to the Ghostbusters after a couple of days. <laughs> she says she hasn't. She's like, yeah, I haven't been back to my apartment in two days. I don't what even been re- doing. <laughs> I don't know if I noticed her saying that, but like when they went back, I, I I think I missed her saying that, or I wasn't listening real close when she said it, because when they go back, it was like. Did she just like run right over there or because when they come back, it looks exactly the same as how she left it. If you look at the, uh, the lettuce she has, it's kind of brown and shitty looking. Oh, I see. She's probably just not good at picking lettuce. <laughs> it's been sitting out warm for two days. She should have put it in a plastic bag. <laughs> All right. Here's a clip. Oh, excuse me. Is this, this is the Ghostbusters office. Yes, it is. Can I help you? I don't have an appointment. I'd like to talk to someone, please. I'm Peter Vinkman. May I help you? Um, well, uh, I don't know. What I have to say may sound a little unusual. Oh, it's all we get day in, day out around this place. Come into my office, miss. Uh, Barrett, Dana Barrett. And this voice said, Zool. And then I slammed the refrigerator door and I left. That was two days ago and I, I haven't been back to my apartment. Generally, you don't see that kind of behavior in a major appliance. What do you think it was? Well, if I knew what it was, I wouldn't be here. Egan, what do you think? She's telling the truth. At least she thinks she is. Well, of course I'm telling the truth. Who would make up a story like that? Some are people who just want attention. Others are just nutballs who come in off the street. You know what it could be? Past life experience intruding on present time. Could be a race memory stored in the collective unconscious. That wouldn't rule out clairvoyance or telepathic contact either. I'm sorry. I don't believe in any of those things. Well, that's all right. I don't either. But there are some things we do, standard procedures in a case like this, which often bring us results. Well, I could go to Hall of Records and check out the structural details in the building. Well, maybe the building itself has a history of psychic turbulence. Right. Good idea. I could look for the name Zool in the usual literature. Spates catalog. Tobin's spirit guide. Yeah. Tell you what. I'll take Miss Barrett back to her apartment and check her out. I'll go check out Miss Barrett's apartment. 
Okay. Vegman's <laughs> such a sarcastic asshole. Oh, That's man. Funny. You know, I, I never really liked Bill Murray, but I think it's probably because his characters are all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm starting to appreciate it <laughs> yeah. more as I grow older. Because <laughs> he is, like, outside of Lewis, he's the funniest guy in this movie. Like, yeah. like Aykroyd and uh, Ramis are more or less, like, s- straight men. And, uh, Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> and Murray is, uh, he kind of is, but he's also super sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed a lot more uh, this time around. This Things he kind of says in the background. Yeah. You'll hear more of it later in the uh, the mayor's office clip, but in here too. <laughs> you don't normally see that out of a major appliance. <laughs> <laughs> Just like dumb bullshit comments. It's <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> And, it, and you notice he does anything to try to get favor with the woman that he's currently talking to. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Neither do I. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they take a little trip to to Dana's apartment. Yeah, where he sexually harasses her. Just yeah, it was very comfortable, uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> scene that was like a harvey weinstein scene <laughs> yeah the pop marks on his face and everything <laughs> <laughs> i went down the rabbit hole again after watching this movie i was thinking about the feud between bill murray and chevy chase and i forgot kind of what started it and where it went because i remember in uh their scene together in caddyshack you know, they didn't really want to do it because mm-hmm. uh, they weren't fans of each other from snl I think it's some bad blood where Chevy Chase left very early in the second season because he was kind of the star of the first season. Hmm. Kind of went out west to be in movies, and some of the cast thought that you know, he felt like he was better than them, and some of the cast were mad that he left. And when he came back to host in, the, I think, the third season, uh, he kind of rubbed some cast members in the wrong way. And uh, Bill Murray, I guess, kind of spoke for everyone and called him out on his shit and voiced his displeasure. At the time, Chevy Chase was going through marital problems. He was going through a divorce with his wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill Murray told him to go fuck his wife. She needs it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chevy Chase replied with some sort of comment about Neil Armstrong landing on Bill Murray's face. Because <laughs> it looked like the moon. Because <laughs> of the pot marks. <laughs> Uh, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they did end up making up uh, around the time of Caddyshack or not too long thereafter. They both mm. look back on it fondly and can consider each other friends. So they buried the hatchet eventually. But for was... a while there, it was because they got they came to blows. They literally fist fought. It had to be separated by John Belushi uh, minutes before dress rehearsal. Is there a video of that? Uh, no, not that's, that I know that's of. Too bad. I bet that's a funny fight. Well, it was in uh, one of the dressing rooms, so. I bet Chevy Chase did a pratfall. Yeah. Because I think Chevy Chase went into the Belushi and Murray's dressing room, challenged them to a fight. Did you ever see that video of Batista get get punched so hard he took like three steps back and then just launched himself backwards? I could see Chevy Chase taking a bump <laughs> like that. Yeah, he's pretty good with his pratfalls. <laughs> he had some serious injuries from that. Like lasting 
injuries from yeah. falling down those stairs all the time. Seems like a bad idea <laughs> to do it as a, a regular part of your job. He shouldn't have played Gerald Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Hazardous to his health. We don't have to do it every time. You don't have a clip at the apartment, do you? No. It's too long and too much dead space. And Yeah, the fridge the fridge looks normal. Mm-hmm. I wrote that Venkman shoots his shot, but uh, I think that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, understatement. I wonder what Lewis would have thought if he walked in there and saw that junk food in the fridge. Right? He, been turned, he would have turned around and left. He would have, yeah. Like, How much did you spend on this? It's <laughs> <laughs> not healthy for you either. God. Andy, do your own taxes. I am fucking done. <laughs> Which you shouldn't do, by the way. I'm in the red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so Venkman uh, says he'll look into it. He'll do some research. This is like the last time you see Dana for like a half an hour. <laughs> yeah. like, like they, they've, they're like, we're... Not gonna go ahead with her case. Like nothing checks out. And then like a half hour later, like, hey, remember that that case we had the other day with the woman and the eggs in the refrigerator? <laughs> they got distracted. <laughs> they couldn't go research all that stuff. Well, they got a call from the Sedgwick Hotel. Which I have to interject here. Now, when they get that first, you know, we got one. When they get that first call, they're eating Chinese takeout or something upstairs. Yeah, and they're lamenting the fact that they have no money left or, you know, the last of the petty cash right. was spent on there. It's also the background. They had three fucking arcade machines. <laughs> or arcade video game machines right in the background. I'm like, why the fuck did you outfit your fire hall with arcade games? I forget if I saw... I might have noticed that and then just not even thought about it. <laughs> like, what? This will strap for cash. Let's buy some fucking arcade games. Well, they, pro- they put that must Ray- have been expensive at the time. They put Ray in charge of the money because he went and bought that that old ambulance. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he needs shocks and brakes and brake pads and suspension and <laughs> about sixteen other things. Only cost seventy nine hundred dollars. Alignment. Uh... Yeah, it basically it was. Uh, they were lucky it was even got back to the the firehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're on to their first real call. As the Ghostbusters, the Sedgwick Hotel, get their nice new Ghostmobile. Is that what it's called? What do they call it? The Ghostmobile? It's, what is it? The name is what? Like Echo 2 or something like that? Well, I think the license plate is Echo 1. Echo 1. Or Ecto. Ecto 1. Yeah. Like Ecto the Toad from Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> I think his name is actually Hector. They just yeah, Ecto. Said... <laughs> <laughs> well they don't pronounce their h's oh it's strange yes yeah, so oh they're uh they're out on the 13th floor they gotta go to the 13th floor is that what it is yeah and i wanted to point out to you that when you challenged me to watch you know pink floyd's the wall yeah right pointed out that this michael ensign guy was the hotel manager at ghostbusters because he plays uh the hotel manager in Pink Floyd. <laughs> so I was like, God, he's doing the same fucking role. <laughs> maybe he was actually a hotel manager. I don't know. Maybe, that's, maybe that was his job and he was just there. I didn't even notice. 
He's got such a small role in Pink Floyd. And yeah. even in this, even in Ghostbusters. I recognize him from Ghostbusters in a way. But, yeah, that's known for Ghostbusters, number one. War Games, two. Titanic, three. Pink Floyd, number four. Oh, I see. That's about it. I mean, he's in a has a bunch of credits, but. I did like the scene where they were going up in the elevator, or they were waiting for the elevator, and there's a guy smoking a cigar right there, and he's like, mm. what the, what, what are you guys? Exterminators. What are, what Somebody you, saw a cockroach up on <laughs> 13. <right? laughs> and then uh, they get in, and they're like, uh, you coming? He's like, no, I'll get to the next one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no smoking in there either. Did you see the sign? Yeah, I don't know if that <laughs> was uh, just on both elevators or just that one. Because like, he had a lot of cigar left. Mm-hmm. So they go up. They're uh, they're looking for uh, the uh, the ghost. They get a little trigger happy. Almost killed the maid. What are you doing? <laughs> Ray is the first one to to come across Slimer. Slimer. Mm-hmm. Which is with the, one of the main characters from the cartoon. You say, because they don't refer to him as Slimer in the movie, I don't believe. I think he got his name basically from the cartoon. And then, uh, did he make an appearance in Ghostbusters 2? can't remember. Probably. Um, at one point, he does uh, mention Slimers as a type of ghost uh, in this movie. But not it's not really like in direct reference to this ghost. Because he does get slimed. This green one. Bill Murray gets slimed. Mm-hmm. Goes right through the wall and slimes Peter Vinkman. Yep. He's on the radio with Ray and Ray says, don't move. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't, don't do anything. Gets totally slimed. And Ray is pretty pumped. <laughs> Actual physical contact. Uh, but yeah, then they have to track it down back downstairs. Was this the scene where he's got the cigarette hanging from his yeah. lip? I, I always thought that was funny. Yeah. So he's just barely hanging on and it finally just falls. Probably started the whole place on fire. No, they got to start <laughs> some fires down in the uh, banquet hall. In the ballroom. Mm-hmm. Take down that chandelier pretty quick. It's okay the table broke its fall. <laughs> Yeah, somebody's about to have a party in there. And then Egon, by the way, is the, uh, oh, don't cross the streams. <laughs> yeah, forgot to tell you. <laughs> it could cause uh, nuclear holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way. Probably don't want to do that. Uh, and they, they finally get a, they trap a ghost. They get, they hook it with the streams. Mm-hmm. Get in the trap. And uh, just as they're about to bust into the ballroom, they come out with it. And uh, I had no idea it would be so much. I won't pay it. <laughs> you can just take this right back in, Mister Vink. <laughs> it's it's four thousand dollars for uh, removal, but he gave him a discount on the uh, storage, <laughs> the storage and the suits and the the equipment. Yep, five grand. And from there, we get to the uh, little montage. Yeah, get the montage with the Ghostbusters song. All the media hit song, Ghostbusters. They're who are you going to call? National superstars in the media. Mm -hmm. Got USA Today, Time Magazine, Larry King, even. Yep. Yet nobody wants to work for him. Right. Can't get help anywhere. (laughs) Well, people don't believe that they're real. 
Even though they seem to business seems to be booming. So you said uh, Casey Kasem said uh, well, they caught that one ghost and then they stayed up partying with all the celebrities afterwards or something like that. Yeah, I forget what he said. Dana's listening. She's smiling and giggling. Yep. I'm like, oh, I wish I wish Bill Murray would come back into my life, <laughs> which he does because he stalks her to that uh, dance or not dance, but the, the recital hall. Did we just uh, we, we didn't even we totally lost over the dream sequence within the media montage. Ray's dream sequence. Or <laughs> where a ghost sucks his dick <laughs> and his eyes cross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is brought up again in the second one. And they have that uh, reddish goo. Yeah. They put in a toaster and make the toaster dance. And then they make some joke where they allude to the fact that Ray has been fooling around with the goo in his spare time. <laughs> Having some sort of relations with it. Of course he is. Yeah. That wasn't a dream. (laughs) (laughs) He falls out of bed. Uh, The dream is so good in this one. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, as you mentioned, Venkman, just casual stalking of uh, Dana Barrett at the uh, cello uh, recital. But he's got an info uh, for her. Yeah. He's got all the research. I'm sure he did himself. (laughs) (laughs) Is it even real research? I don't even remember if it's like legit. It was. At least gave some background on Zool and Gozer. Gozer. What a name. Zool. Then our friends all jealous. Yep. Sorry I didn't get to meet you. (laughs) Hope you feel better. (laughs) Still look a little pale. (laughs) And then we meet... Uh, Mr. Peck of the EPA. <laughs> Always the douchebag character. <laughs> Die Hard 1, Die Hard 2, Ghostbusters. Let's see what else he's in. Rich, uh, is it Rich Atherton? William Atherton. He's in Real Genius. He's probably a dick in there. <laughs> Ironic, as we'll find out later. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I forgot he was, uh, he was Anders' dad in Workaholics. <laughs> Thor Holmbeck. <laughs> Thor's hammer. <laughs> of course. He, he was a douche in there. <laughs> of course, because you are a dick doesn't mean that you have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Looking through some of his credits here. A lot of straight to DVD stuff or, you know, one episode guest stars. He definitely looked familiar to me. I just couldn't put my finger on it. But. I've definitely seen a lot of stuff he's been in. Though. That's right. He's in Biodome. He's the doctor. The oh. straight-laced doctor <laughs> that is so annoyed with him the whole time. He's the kind of the antagonist in that one as I well. I just watched that like uh, last year. Not as good as I thought. <laughs> you thought it was really good? I didn't think it was good, but I thought it was better than it is. <laughs> I'd seen it a couple times before. Uh, the Day of the Locust. Have you seen that? No, I don't even know if I've heard of that. I heard there's a lot of locusts over in Africa these days, though. Yeah. It's the end times. Apparently. Next is going to be frogs. Lock up your firstborns. Next is going to be frogs. Mm-hmm. And then what's after that? I don't know. Mr. Expert? I need to listen to the, the Tech Nine song. So, yeah, I think this about leads us to our next clip. 
because he kind of gets a date with Dana. And he's going to come over to discuss more details of the case, so he says. And um, here's another one of your favorites. It says Lewis in it. Oh, Dana, it's you. Hello, Lewis. You got to come in here. You're missing a classic party. Yes, well, I would, Lewis, but I have a date coming. You mean a date tonight? Well, I, I, I'm sorry, Lewis. I forgot. Oh, that's okay. You can bring him along. All right, maybe we'll stop by, okay? That's great. I'll tell everybody you're coming. We're going to play Twister. We're going to do some break dancing. Hey, hey, let me in. It's Lewis. Somebody let me in. <laughs> He's getting locked out of his own fucking apartment. Oh, you don't have a, another clip from the him. party? Yeah. Well, yes, I do. Oh. <laughs> Giving advice. <laughs> a lot of financial sense in here. Any Excedrin or extra strength Tylenol? Oh, gee, I think all I got is a C to acid generic. See, I can get 600 tablets of that for the same price as 300 of a name brand. That makes good financial sense. Good advice. Hey, this is real smoked salmon from Nova Scotia, Canada. 24.95 a pound. It only cost me 14.12 after tax, though. I'm giving this whole thing as a promotional expense. That's why I invited clients instead of friends. You having a good time, Mark? How you doing? Why don't you have some of the brie? It's at room temperature. You think it's too warm in here for the brie? Louis, I'm going home. Well, don't leave yet. Well, listen, maybe if we start dancing, other people will join in. Okay. Oh, don't move. I just got to get the door. Ted, Annette! Hey! Hello, Glad you could come. How you doing? Give me your Hi. coats. Everybody, this is Ted and Annette Hi. Fleming. Hi. How are you? Ted has a small carpet cleaning business in receivership. Annette's drawing a salary from a deferred bonus from two years ago. They got 15000 left on the house at 8%. So they're okay. So, does anybody want to play Parcheesi? Okay, who brought the dog? <laughs> God, just... <laughs> Give away personal information to everyone. You got fifteen thousand left on their house at eight percent, so they're okay. She's still drawing a, a deferred, salary on a salary. deferred bonus from two years ago. <laughs> Just announce everybody's uh, financial situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, quite the party over at uh, Lewis's. <laughs> All right, who let the dog in? It's a fucking devil dog. And he just bolts. Like, you, don't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't fucking hang around. There's a bear in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> he, just leaves, he just leaves everybody else to die. <laughs> Except for it only wants him. Yep. The, the dog chases him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dana, in her apartment, she's getting fucking possessed. Mm-hmm. She's sitting in the chair and the arms come out. Really cool effect. Probably the scariest yeah. part of the movie. She gets kind of dragged into the kitchen. She gets taken. <laughs> yeah, that she does. That's yeah, pretty sweet. Love the practical effects. <laughs> you notice how the the shittiest looking effects in here are like you know not CGI, but basically like the tricks that they do. All the right. makeup and special effects, like practical effects, look great. Yeah, 
Like the dog chasing Lewis is uh like the they obviously did an overlay of a mm-hmm. uh stop action. Yeah. There's definitely has some stop action involved. Or stop motion or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Almost like claymation, but you can just say stop motion. But they claymation. uh yeah. They kept it as short as possible for the most yeah. part. But yeah, whenever they use that overlay it looks like shit. Yeah. Did you want the when the beast jumps on the table at the party? Yeah. And like it looks like it flattens and you're like, What <laughs> what happened to that thing? <laughs> right. It keeps, and then it, it'll cut away and come back to this like the practical effect of who's somebody in a costume or yeah. something like that or it just keeps changing sizes <laughs> chase lewis into the park mm-hmm. uh and then lewis is trying to get into a restaurant and yeah. nobody will let him in nobody, nobody even uh, sees the beast because it kind of merges with lewis simultaneously yeah. nobody gives a shit it goes like, in him inside him <laughs> I am the key master. He, Lewis becomes the key master. Dana becomes the gatekeeper. That's our next clip. And they're looking for each other. Venkman shows up looking for Dana. <laughs> we go to Dana Barrett's uh, apartment. <laughs> Are you the key master? Yes. I'm a friend of his. He told me to meet him here. I didn't get your name. I'm Zul. I'm the gatekeeper. Oh. What are we doing today, Zul? We must prepare for the coming of Gozer. Gozer, huh? The Destructor. Are we still going out? You know, you could pick up the place if you're expecting someone. Do you want this body? Is this a trick question? I guess the roses worked, huh? Take me now, sub-creature. We never talk anymore. I make it a rule never to get involved with possessed people. Actually, it's more of a guideline than a rule. You know, I can... I want you inside me. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I can't. Sounds like you got at least two people in there already. Might be a little crowded. Come on, I, I, why don't you just quit trying to upset and disturb Dr. Bankman and just relax. Lie down there, relax, put your hands on your chest. What I'd really like to do is talk to Dana. I want to talk to Dana. Dana... It's Peter. There is no Dana. There is only Zoo. Oh, Zuli, you nut now. Come on. <laughs> it's, you know, the tables are turned in this scene, and Vankman is the one who's getting sexually <laughs> harassed and assaulted. I want you inside me. <laughs> I, think there's a, I think there's too many people in there already. <laughs> <laughs> Zuli will nut you. He does have a lot of great one-liners in this. Mm-hmm. A lot of just deadpan sarcasm. So good. Yeah. So Lewis is uh, he's wandering through the park looking for the gatekeeper. Comes across a handsome cab. 
Starts talking to the horse. Oh, the key master, are you the gatekeeper? I have a couple of those clips here. Uh, this, uh, this all happens pretty fast. Yeah, because he, he talks to the horse on his way back to the apartment. And that's this one, I think. I am Vince. Vince Clortho, key master of Gozer. Volcus Sildro, our lord of the Sebulia. Are you the gatekeeper? Hey, he pulls the wagon. I make the deals. You want to ride? Sign, and all prisoners will be released. You will perish in flames. You what an asshole! He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I, asking everybody if, they, <laughs> if they're the gatekeeper. <laughs> well, you don't know what the gatekeeper looks like, so. But he gets uh, he gets picked up by the police before he makes it back, and. Uh, they don't know what to do with them, so they drop them <laughs> at the Ghostbusters. <laughs> what did you say your name was? Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer. According to this, his name's Lewis Tully. Lives on Central Park West. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. Vince, you said before you were waiting for a sign. What sign are you waiting for? Gozer the Traveler. He will come in one of the pre-chosen forms. During the rectification of the Valdrani, the Traveler came as a large and moving torb. Then, during the third reconciliation of the last of the McKetrick supplicants, they chose a new form for him, that of a giant slore. Many shubs and zools knew what it was to be roasted in the depths of the slore that day, I can tell you. God, Lewis is fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, oh man, I don't know if I like him better, as Lewis or as uh, Vince the Gate or uh, the Keymaster, <laughs> <laughs> but then we don't we don't get to find out what's next because the fucking EPA shows up with their court order to mm-hmm. sh- shut it down, shut down the containment unit. Yeah, I think we kind of glossed over it earlier, but Walter Peck had already come in, talked to uh, Venkman, and Venkman just kind of insults him. <laughs> Say the magic word, please. Because he just wants to look around, see if there's any hazardous chemicals in the basement. Yeah, he's uh, he doesn't like the look of it. He basically tells him to fuck off and go get a court order. And he does. Which he does. <laughs> and then uh, Con Edison shows up to shut her down. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the Con Edison guy's like, I have no idea what the fuck this is. I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> Never seen anything like this. But uh, Peck says, no, you got to shut her down. You get a court order. Yep. And uh, it's a bad idea. There's an explosion and all the ghosts and apparitions and ghouls are all released. Yeah. Into the air. And uh, in the meantime, the Ghostbusters are arrested for polluting ghosts into <laughs> this fucking city. <laughs> and yet somehow... In the holding cell, they're allowed to have, like, everything, including the blueprints of Dana's building, mm-hmm. which they have a little meeting about, and everybody else in the holding cell wants to wants to listen in. Yeah, I, I didn't get this clip, even though it's a lot of exposition, but it was just, it's just too long. Just <laughs> yeah. Basically, the building was, uh, was built 
to be a superconductor for paranormal activity, mm-hmm. just coincidentally. And the way it was shaped, designed, and also the metal that they used. Yeah. And the structure. It's like, nobody does iron work like that. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of metal? And uh, Dana's apartment is like the like ground zero for it. It's corner penthouse. And uh, her wall gets blown out at some point. Mm-hmm. And the keymaster shows up. Well, he shows up right after Carl Winslow comes to <laughs> let the Ghostbusters out so they're going to go talk to the mayor. On their way to the mayor, the keymaster finds the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. It's funny that they have to consummate it to like make it happen. <laughs> well, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> the key goes in the gate. <laughs> <laughs> that it does. All right, here is our uh, last clip at the mayor's office. Uh, pay attention to what Bill Murray keeps on wisecracking in the background. But it's okay to go, but Hey, where's this Peck? Peck? I am Walter Peck, sir, and I'm prepared to make a full report. These men are consummate snowball artists. They use sense and nerve gases to induce hallucinations. People think they're seeing ghosts. And they call these bozos who conveniently show up to deal with the problem with the fake electronic light show. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Jesus! Hey, break it up. Hey, break it up. All right, all right, all right. Well, that's what I heard. This city hall. Now, what am I going to do here, John? What is this? All I know is that was no light show we saw this morning. I've seen every form of combustion known to man. But this beats the hell out of me. The walls in the 53rd precinct were bleeding. How do you explain that? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Oh, your eminence. How are you, Lenny? You're looking good, Mike. We're in a real fix here. What do you think I should do? Lenny, officially, the church will not take any position on the religious implications of these uh, phenomena. Hmm. Personally, Lenny, I think it's a sign from God. But don't quote me on that. No, I think that's a smart move, Mike. Well, I'm not going to call a press conference and tell everyone to start praying. I'm uh, Winston Zettimore, Yana. I've only been with the company for a couple of weeks. But I got to tell you, these things are real. Since I joined these men, I have seen shit that'll turn you white. Well, you could believe, Mr. Pecker. My name is Peck. Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. What if you're wrong? If I'm wrong, nothing happens. We go to jail peacefully, quietly. We'll enjoy it. But if I'm right... And we can stop this thing. Lenny, you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. <laughs> I think that's a good move, Mike. Forget <laughs> <laughs> the priest or whatever he is, the cardinal or whatever. Yeah, cardinal or bishop of New York or something. <laughs> 
I think it's an act of God. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> like I said earlier, just because you are a dick doesn't mean that you have a dick. Just because you are a character doesn't mean that you have character. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It works. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Ghostbusters, they got to gear up. Got to get ready for the big fight. Mm-hmm. They do. And uh, everybody's uh, out in the streets. Everyone's got to get their unlicensed nuclear accelerators. <laughs> the, the, oh, by the way, we didn't mention earlier the PKE meter that Egon always uses. Yeah. The handheld. Remember we brought that up. That was uh, those PKE meters we used as the communicators towards the end of Lay Live. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, yeah. the in that. It's the bad guys in the base, all those communicators. I was trying to think. PKE meters. Yeah, I was trying to think what movie uh, also used those. Because I remember they got reused in a different movie. Because we did an episode on that a few years ago. Yeah. Like, I was like, God, those look a lot like <laughs> the Ghostbuster PKE meters. Look it up. Sure enough. Because I think they live as 88. So maybe they were like, well, maybe we'll never use these again. And then yeah. <laughs> next year they do Ghostbusters They're just too. sitting around collecting dust. Mm-hmm. Why do we keep all our props? I don't. I don't know. So uh, there you go. Fun fact. Yeah. So they're they're getting ready to to get in there, and the earth opens up, and they uh, they almost get sucked in, mm-hmm. but they don't. <laughs> they're tough guys. Yeah, they can take it. Dana and Lewis turn into fucking demon dogs mm-hmm. up on the roof. Open the portal for uh, Zool. Apparently the elevator stopped working because they have to <laughs> climb about 40 flights of stairs to get up there. There were a few uh, earthquakes and explosions and shit, so mm, yeah, to be expected. But yeah, that was quite the climb. Well, they had to go up like 20-something. Mm, or was, was more it? than that, yeah. Was... So they got to Dana's apartment, and then there was a stairway from Dana's apartment to the roof. Some <laughs> where, where did those stairs go? <laughs> Up. <laughs> I didn't quite get the architecture there, because she was in the corner. She had the corner penthouse, and the stairs were like on the outside. Well, remember, she had a lot of space. <laughs> a lot of space in here. Just you? <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that was a creepy line. <laughs> Good, very very Weinstein esque. Uh, anyways, so uh, Gozer shows up as a chick this time. Did I say Zul? It was Gozer. They opened the portal for Gozer, mm-hmm. and uh, the streams don't work. Well, they think they got her, mm-hmm. but she disappeared on them. And then she reappeared, does some shit, and then she says, uh, you know, basically, they can take any form I want, including the first thing that pops into your head. Choose the form of the destructor or... Yeah, and everybody clears their mind. Although, I thought that they should have failed that because Bill Murray goes, you think of J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover is going to show up and kill you. Right. So, but what he brought that up he literally thought of it and he actually says it they should have just said don't think of anything i think there was a couple of them like that maybe it was just that one where they, they're like oh it could be this or it could be that and then it's like starting now they like, quit thinking of stuff 
It's the first thing you start thinking of starting now. After J. Edgar Hoover. After that whole conversation. Everybody can clear their mind. Except for Ray. Except for Ray. We get the gigantic Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Did you notice when uh, Dana brought her groceries home earlier? Yep. She had next, some marshmallows. Stay puffed. Next to her eggs, she had a bag of Stay Puffed Marshmallows. Foreshadowing. Sure was. That marshmallow man was pretty sweet, though. Yeah. I love the facial expressions on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, all those practical effects are just, they still hold up today. Uh, I know I've tweeted out the picture before. There's some behind-the-scenes photos of the miniatures they used for that scene. Hmm. It's basically a little person in that Stay Puff marshmallow suit. And there's, like, these little toy cars, <laughs> and it's like... Uh, in like a set shot of them doing that scene. Nice. It looks incredible. I know you can find it out there, but yeah, very cool stuff. And then they kind of do the forced perspective thing with them overlooking yeah. the Stay Puft Man. I got to say that rooftop uh, set, I always remember that it looked super fucking fake. Yeah. Like the rooftop itself. This looks like a set. <laughs> yeah. And it, it looks bad, but... And I remember it like... That they were on a rooftop, but it looked like fucking fake, like from my childhood. Like, but uh, that's one of the few special effects where, or sets that just looks bad. But everything else around it was fucking great. So Ray's explaining why he thought of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Yep. And he says we used to roast Stay Puffed marshmallows at Camp Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? And then uh, Vinkman says, he's a sailor. It's New York. Get him laid. <laughs> we'll be out of trouble. Yeah, a couple of those lines are a little forester. I was like, you know, you didn't, you didn't you'd have to throw out, try to throw out winners every scene. But, it must have been fleet. but it's a family film. You know, they got to pack all those jokes in. Must have been Fleet Week. And so, uh, yeah, they they got to cross the streams. They're not working. Mm-hmm. You got to cross them. They basically blow the portal away. Yeah. And uh, everything just kind of... There's marshmallow everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just kind of gets destroyed all at once. Big explosion. Marshmallow everywhere. But everybody survives. Everybody's good. Everything kind of goes back to normal except for, like, the apartments. <laughs> Boy, is the superintendent going to be mad at this? <laughs> Lewis yeah. doesn't know where he's at. Mm-hmm. Fucking... Oh, man. Because they're both trapped in the uh, the statues, basically, of the, yeah. the yeah. beasts. I thought they were going to break Dana's arm when they, they were taking <laughs> the statue apart. Because <laughs> she, like, pokes her hand out. And then I think it's Ray comes, and he just, like, starts breaking it off. And it's mm-hmm. like, her arm's still in there, buddy. Yeah. But uh, then we get the big celebration scene. Ghostbusters get, uh, you know, adulation, drive off in their, their ghost mobile. Lewis has to go in the ambulance. He doesn't. <laughs> hey, can I go with those guys? <laughs> yeah, they, uh, there's some stuff that goes over the credits and then ends with Slimer uh, sliming the screen, basically. Yeah. And that's it. That's Ghostbusters. That's the end of that chapter. I'm sure we'll do Ghostbusters 2 someday, but... uh, Probably. That's a good one. (laughs) 
don't know about that, but uh, you don't know about Ghostbusters too. I remember liking it as a kid. I do too. I haven't watched it probably in twenty <laughs> years or more. But all you hear now is how shitty it is. I don't believe that. I'm sure. It ruined the franchise. That's why Bill Murray didn't do a Ghostbusters three because of Ghostbusters (laughs) two. I'm sure I've seen Ghostbusters two at least five times. Yeah, like I said, I liked it as a kid, but it doesn't hold up too well. Anyways, uh, let's get into some fun facts. We know there's going to be a lot of them. So, hey everybody, here's some fun facts. Apparently, there's a lot of improv improvisation. Hmm. That's a hard word to say. Yeah, I read earlier that uh, Rick Moranis improvised a lot of his lines, kind of made the character his own, especially that scene at the party. I think that was mostly ad-libbed. Yeah, they said he uh, improvised almost the entire party scene. I mean, he was probably, he probably knew people like that or was that person. He played that pretty well. Here's a fun fact. Uh, here's one relevant to today, kind of. During the Ghostbusters Rise to Fame montage, one newspaper shows a headliner above the main story proclaiming, Princess Die Expecting Again. In 1983, around the same time filming was underway, Princess Diana was confirmed to be pregnant with her second child, and Diana gave birth to her second son, Prince Harry, on September 15, 1984. What a disappointment he turned out to be. <laughs> Am I right or am I right? <laughs> Steve? <laughs> Mark? Isn't that Prince Harry a real fucking Mark? <laughs> no, his wife is the Markle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real fucking Markle. I heard it was racism. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. You know, I didn't think of it till now, but uh, Lewis, the future keymaster, gets locked out on three separate occasions. <laughs> Never put it together that he gets this, locked out of the time, but he he's the key master. This is pretty ironic. I didn't even think of that either. Uh, in the middle of the film's initial release to keep interest going, Ivan Reitman ran a trailer that was basically the commercial the Ghostbusters used in the movie, but the 555 number was replaced with a 1-800 number, allowing people to actually call in. Callers got a recorded message of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd saying something to the effect of, Hi, we're out catching ghosts right now. They got 1,000 calls per hour, 24 hours a day for six weeks. Here's another fun fact. So when the bookcase fell over and Venkman asked Ray, has this ever happened to you before? Apparently the bookcase uh, wasn't supposed to fall over and it just fell over on its own. And uh, the line was ad-libbed. But they left it in the movie. Hmm. Added an element of mystery, apparently. This is a good scene, though. Yeah. So the character of Winston was meant to have joined the team much earlier and would have been slimed at the hotel. When Eddie Murphy declined the role, the script was rewritten to have Winston appear about halfway through the film. There you go. It was supposed to be Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Supposed to be Eddie Murphy and John Belushi with Dan Aykroyd, but Belushi passed, and then Eddie Murphy ended up passing on the role. Well, he died. He didn't didn't pass. He passed on... (laughs) Well, he could have still appeared, though, right? It is Ghostbusters. Too soon? <laughs> Here's a fun fact. Oh, here. On the set, uh, Dan Arkroyd referred to the Slimer Ghost as the ghost of John Belushi. 
Uh, Slammer's gluttonous eating was based on Belushi's cafeteria scene in Animal House. Mm. There you go. Not too soon. Maybe a little too soon. So apparently there's some uh, incomplete special effect shots and visible wires because they uh, rushed it to meet its summer 1984 release date. And Ivan Reitman uh, said people don't really care. Hmm. Here's another fun fact. Uh, Sigourney Weaver floating is an actual physical effect. She was put in a full body cast and attached to a post hidden in the curtains. Hmm. Apparently came from Ivan Reitman's Broadway experience. The phone number shown in the Ghostbusters ad Dana sees on television is 555-2368. A quote-unquote fictitious number originating from early Bell Telephone ad illustrations. The number 2368, familiar to numerologists and mystics, is the sum of... 888 and 1480, which together denote Jesus Christ in Greek uh, gematria, a coding Ooh. system that assigns a specific numerical value to each letter of the Greek alphabet. Well, that's uh, another uh, biblical reference. Yeah. Uh, Gozer was originally going to be played by Paul Rubens, who turned on the role. In the original script, Gozer took on the form of Avo Shandor the ghost building's architect, who started the original Gozer cult, who resembled a pale, slender, unremarkable man in a business suit. Gozer's final form was described as David Bowie meets Grace Jones. Hmm. After this film, William Atherton became reviled. People would try to fight him in bars. One day shortly after the film's release, Atherton was walking down a stretch of 7th Avenue in New York, entirely crowded with school buses when he heard lots of children shouting at the tops of their lungs, Hey, Dickless! <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, there's so much trivia on this. In a 2015 interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Reginald Vell Johnson said that he was almost cast as Winston. When Ernie Hudson was ultimately cast, Ivan Reitman offered him the role of the prison guard instead. Hey, this was uh, released the same day as Gremlins. Gremlins, the Christmas movie? Mm-hmm, indeed. Released in the summer? Makes sense. All right, well, I think I should about do it. I think so. All right, well, stay tuned for the two other movies we're going to do from our youth, including Little Big League and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Uh, that'll, of course, come after our top 10 of the year episode, which will be coming out next week before the Oscars. Yep. As well as our Oscar predictions and all that, our bet. We got a lot of stuff in the works. So it's going to be a busy couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, we'll be here. There you go. You listen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so. All right. You can reach out to us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. That is our email address. You can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at PositivelyWolf1. You can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please subscribe and rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. And if you could be so kind, just maybe help out the show a little more. 
You can buy some of our merchandise. Where, Brett? You can go to teespring.com slash stores slash WTM Watch This Movie. That link is also in both of our Twitter po- uh, profiles. So if you want to head over there, get a quick link to our merchandise. Check it out. Got a lot of stuff. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, whatever. A lot of stuff, a lot of designs. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Maybe you'll have to come up with a new design, have a shirt that says, turn into a real Markle. <laughs> be the new one. Oh. <laughs> we'll see. We know two people who will buy it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Movie Drone. <laughs> well, it'll have to be a black shirt, right? <laughs> I don't know. Because the other one's white. The turning out the real mark is white. I guess. <laughs> All right. We'll check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Wait, man. Why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man. You lost my case.